This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And... Don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Besotted Pride of West London podcast. We're almost a week into our new season. We've got our first game out of the way and we're reconvening now that we know that we've got points on the board back in the virtual joint. It's a shame we can't get to the pub, but we were in the pub until quite late on Sunday and we've got a, a big away day at Fulham. Looking forward to that at the weekend. I'm Dave Lane and joining me tonight, is Ali Mulally. How are you, Ali? I am absolutely buzzing, actually, Dave, after this morning. And England are in the World Cup final. It's, I know. Uh, it's bloody fantastic. Absolutely buzzing. Absolutely. Yeah, what a great way to start the day, that is, watching, yeah. uh, watching the Lionesses do the business. So, yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. But, yeah, no, I think everyone's shared in that joy this morning. And, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to the final on Sunday. Um, and Damien Flanley, how are you, mate? You all right? Yeah, you, I'm up. You, yeah. You, you enjoying the season so far after, after 90 minutes? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a bad start, was it? Um, we're off the mark with a point. Um, yeah, I enjoyed the game on on Sunday. I thought it was a reasonable performance, probably a seven out of ten for me. But you know, onwards yeah. and upwards. And, yeah, one hundred percent. So we'll we'll have a chat about that in a minute. You know, the dust has settled on the, on the on the two two result against uh, um, Harry Kane-less Tottenham and uh, Ivan Tony-less Brentford. It was a it was a bit it was a bit of a kind of like you know the two talismanic players were missing, but you know the players that were left behind they uh, obviously you know they. Uh, they served up, uh, you know, a decent game, and you know, I, I just I wish we obviously won it. Um, you know, having before we move on to what we thought about it, I just just wanted to check what you thought of um, Jonathan Pierce's comments on uh, on match of the day too. Um, he described the game as surreal and bizarre, um, which I, I I couldn't quite fathom out where he was coming from. And I know I know that there was like um, a water shortage at the at the beginning of the game. The game was delayed for. It was only a couple of minutes at the end, wasn't it? It wasn't, you know, wasn't like a half an hour like they had at Arsenal the, the day before, where the ticketing system collapsed. It was. Uh, I'm not sure if it was really worth mentioning, to be honest. You know, they leave so much out of the commentary. They leave so many good chances out that to put that there was like water supply shortages that really didn't affect the delay for more than, as I said, a couple of seconds. I just thought that was odd. 
what were, what were your what was your kind of uh, views on what he said? Because I just thought it was a strange commentary from start to finish. Uh, Ali, I, I think the surreal comment was a bit. Uh, the second half did feel a little bit surreal because everything went really quiet and really flat, didn't it? So it, it was quite quiet. I think it was the comment sort of like that Ivan Tony's goals that have kept them in the Premier League for the last two seasons. How about Harry Kane's goals keeping Spurs in the Premier League last season? Because without his goals, they would have been lower than us. I mean, we finished ninth, for Christ's sake. We didn't finish yeah. like 16th, we finished ninth. I mean, even if you take all of Ivan's goals out and assume nobody else would have scored, you know, we would still have finished something like 15th, 14th or 15th. You know, it's just, it's, it, the man has clearly not done his research and, he had another dreadful commentary at the, uh, in the semi-final yesterday for the Women's World Cup, and it was just sort of like, I don't know, I, I, you know, sort of like, do you? It's your job to do your research. It's your job to do, do it properly, and not to come out with with silly, silly comments like that. I think I thought it was really poor. So, Damien, so um, um, Ivan Tony was the only reason we stayed up last season, and um, um, Christian Eriksen was the only reason we stayed up the <laughs> season before. Is that is that right? I think that's uh, a load of old tosh, to be honest. But uh, and I think we proved that, you know, last in the last season, you know, we beat Spurs away, we beat City at home without Ivan Tony. Um, we won other games without him as well. You know, we're, we're more than capable of beating top quality opposition without Ivan Tony. I think that's proven. Yes, I mean, I, I know it's kind of like um, a bit. I don't know, maybe touchy, a bit kind of sensitive to to, to react to to individual comments, but you know, it 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 just kind of like. We played so well and we contributed so much to the division in the two seasons we've been here. I just thought that, you know, others, outsiders or commentators, people that look from the outside in, would just kind of be giving us just a little bit more credit where credit's due now. And I think it's just a little bit, uh, it's just it's just like, as you say that, Ali, just a bit ignorant and poorly mm. researched just to... Mm. Just to like run out the the you know they just like run out cliches and stereotypical yeah. kind of lazy comments you know am I being a bit sensitive or have I got a point? I think you've got a, I think you've got a point. I think it's just lazy. It's it's cliched. It's stereotypical. And uh, no, I think you've got a very good point. I think you. Should, I don't think you did a good job. I, like I said, I don't think you did a research properly. It was a lazy, cliched commentary for me. And uh, there are many, many commentators out there who would have done a hell of a lot better job. Would you have done a better job, Dane? I'd like to think so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure you would. To be yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, so t talk us through the game from from your perspective. You know, I will listen to listen back to what the fans said um, in the stadium and back in the back in the Globe in a, in a few minutes. But um, important to kind of now the dust has settles, uh, just to kind of chew the fat on 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 just how that sets the season up. You know, I, I said. Um, quite a few times after the game that if you can't win your first game, the last thing you want to do is lose it. So you come out with come out of the first match with at least a point. It proves that you can compete at this level again, um, and you've got a point on the board. Um, sometimes if you you lose, you kind of like you're looking over your shoulder already, and people are starting to write you off, especially people like Jonathan Pierce. So uh, what did you both think? Start with start with you, Damien. Um, I, th I thought it was a, a decent performance, a very it's a highly tactical game, like almost like a game of chess at times. Um, but I, th I think we we found good 
good areas of space, particularly with Rico down that left-hand side. I thought he was he was outstanding and, and really gave us a lot of invention going forward. Um, you know, we, we, we created some decent chances. Obviously, Brian missed a big one that you'd, you'd hope he'd, he'd sort of put away. Um, but on the whole, I, th I think it was very positive. And um, obviously, on the, on the defensive side, a little bit um, disappointing to concede, um, particularly so late in that the end of that first half with that really long time added on. Um, and obviously the free kick was, was disappointing as well. But, you know, we, we, I think we, we, we more than matched them and absolutely deserved our point and, and probably on balance had, had the better chances. So, um, so I think lots of positives from that. Ali, what did you think? Uh, I think, first of all, I think it was a really difficult game to set up for tactically because um, it, would, it would... I don't think anybody really had any idea how they were going to play without Kane. I think even if Kane had been there... With a different coach, you, you weren't really sure how Tottenham were going to set up. Um, and I think we started very well. Um, I think we played really well the first half. Uh, uh, just the end of this, the first half was just that 11 minutes was just, it was almost like we got to 45 minutes and sort of, oh, it's half time now. And we, at, we played like there was only a minute of stoppage time or something while there was still 11, while they carried on playing. And you could, that, that equal, I was, uh, felt inevitable. It felt absolutely inevitable that it was coming. Uh, I think we lost a bit of momentum uh, when Jensen went off. Um, I think we lost what he brings us. Uh, I think I think generally overall, I think the first half we were very good. Um, I think there was a couple of chances. Brian's big chance, uh, Damsgaard's chance in the second half. I think he should have put his foot through that. We took a couple of touches to try to place it. Easy for me to say. Um, but yeah, we didn't lose. I think it was a decent performance on an opening day against a team that we really didn't know what to expect from. And... Um, yeah, I, I, you know, quite happy with the point by the end of it, to be honest. And uh, I, I think Thomas will be happy with the point, and it's a, it's a decent point to start off with. You're so you know, right. We're, we're sort of like, sort of like, you know, how far have we come, haven't we? Like, you know, it's a point against Spurs. And we're just going, yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I get that. I, I guess, I guess every year that we're at this level, we have to kind of become a little bit more yeah. kind of less kind of like yeah. rab rabbit in the headlights kind yeah. of about being here but you know and I think I think also that's that's why it's so important to see points go on the board because you kind of like that kind of just underpins everything else you kind of like okay we're here we, we're, we're doing all right again aren't we you know and then obviously you know it doesn't seem like the players ever feel like that and and that's that's the some that's the thing that always kind of reassures me you know when we get nervous when they play those triangles out of the back and those kind of like really sort of heart in mouth um intricate way you know working their way up the pitch playing it around opposition knocking it back to the goalkeeper who dinks it like delicate balls you think you just put your bloody foot through it will you how about you al i mean do oh, you, fleckens, you still... can i just say you talk about Go goalkeeper on. dinking balls. i thought flecken's distribution you know his work with his feet was outstanding was it, flecking, was it a flecking brilliant <laughs> it was flecking brilliant okay hold your friend it was flecking brilliant i mean it was just sort of like there were a couple of balls you went wow yeah, you know, there was one in the second There really half. one or two. And I <laughs> would say he outrayed Raya with a couple, did. which is absolutely going some. Um, I guess yeah. that is a massive, massive plus, Damon, yeah. because yeah. we have had, you know, clearly, you know, um, David Ray has been so instrumental in the way we've evolved from, you know, a wannabe championship 
team that's kind of with aspirations of getting out and then clearly then one of the best teams in the championship who deserve to get out and then we're out and we are kind of establishing ourselves and a playing style in the top tier of English football, top tier of world football, probably. David Ray has been with us all of that journey and he's been part of the way we play football. You take him out of the equation, then you kind of like, you, again, you've got a big question mark, you know, the, the, the succession, the person you bring in, are they going to be as good? Is the style of play going to change? Do Brentford have to change? What we saw on Sunday afternoon suggests that not a lot changes. Yeah, absolutely, and and, and I mean, in a, in a way, the way the uh, the Raya exit has, has played out, it's given us enough time to really to to really think about and plan that that succession plan. So I think um, you know, fair play to the um, to Phil Giles and his and his team because you know they've obviously looked long and hard, and and we've known known this was coming for a time for a long time. Um, so I think they've got the right man in, and and so far so good. And clearly, as well, Brian and Bumo, um, you know. And again, I'm not. I'm not going to go back to Jonathan Pierce the whole of this podcast. But he said, you know, oh, Brian and Bumo steps up to 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 take the penalty. He looks nervous. He didn't look nervous at all. You know, he looks. He looks really calm considered and really fully in control and, and clearly he's been taking lessons from from the master ivan tony at penalties because it was pretty much out of his copybook gave the keeper the eyes looking one way kicking the other straight legs back of net curled it into that bottom corner there was there was never really any doubt that he was going to miss that from the moment he stepped up he's turning he's turning into a real experienced man now he, he arrived to us as a as a rookie um full of potential he's he's, he's proving himself week in and week out isn't he yeah yeah you he, you left out the chloe kelly skip as well that he did oh yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah i think i think brian again i think he was yeah he was i think he had a, another very very good game apart from the miss time <laughs> Apart from the miss, but you know, it wouldn't be a Brian. It wouldn't be Brian if he didn't miss something, would it? At least he didn't hit the post. I was going to say, if he'd hit the if he'd hit the woodwork, we'd have been more angry than than the, than the fact that he missed it in the way he did. <laughs> and so, someone said to me in the in the game that um, that uh, Gareth Southgate was was there, and we were trying to work out who who he was looking at. And you know, I, I I've given up saying oh he must be looking at Rico Henry, but um, you know, Rico, if if ever. He needed to impress any more. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm mentioning him because he's he's the one that set up Brian's chance. He, he had that brilliant take um, down the down the left hand side, and he, he crossed the ball beautifully. You know, he just needed a finish. Um, another day, he'll get it. But you know, we've we've often not criticised, but we kind of questioned his his final pass, his his delivery. There was nothing wrong with it on Sunday, was it, Daniel? Nothing at all. I thought he was outstanding. He, he he gave us, as I said before, he gave us um, you know extra an extra dimension going forward. I'd say the only thing he he really needs to try and up if he can is is his goal scoring ratio. He doesn't he doesn't score many. Um, he he often I mean doesn't get that many chances in front of goal. But when he when he has had some big moments, he's he's kind of often shot straight at the keeper from from the top of my head. So I think that's what that's what the only thing I would say he can really improve on from where he is because he's just an outstanding player for us and, and consistent as well. Yeah, it's true. He, he doesn't get a lot of chances, but when he does get them, um, sometimes they're wayward, including one in Philadelphia against Fulham. Um, he, he was 
beautifully placed and he kind of screwed it horribly wide where you know goal was just gaping but there you go he's I guess he's not, he's not on a pitch to score goals though is he no well no but we can't use that you know we can't use that as you know as a as a kind of an okay because you know that's that's probably the thing that has actually stopped him getting into the England team you can't say oh he's not in the team to get those crosses in or he's not in the team to score those goals if he added that to his game he certainly would be and I and I, I agree I'm, I'm not being a pedant but you know it, it those are probably the two things that have actually stopped him from from being in that England squad but you know he's, he's got a, hopefully another another season to kind of prove his worth and you know I, I certainly wouldn't rule him out from for the World Cup and I, I don't see many left backs that are, are anywhere near his form or, or his speed um, so yeah no, I'm, I'm hoping for another huge season from him I honestly uh, think he'll be in the England squad in the next international break because he was that good on Sunday and the one thing Southgate has said about him is he needs to improve his attacking output and I thought he put in some really really good crosses um, really good passes attack wise on Sunday and I, I'm going to stick my neck on the line and say he's going to be in it I'll have a fiver with you, Al. Yeah, OK. So we'll head back to the terraces and the pubs. We'll listen to what the Brentford fans thought after the game. No, no Spurs fans around. They'd all, they'd all buggered right off. Um, it's, it's, just, it's a weird one because uh, going back to the Globe, you, you don't really bump into any, any Tottenham fans. Um, so, uh, yeah, there was, there was no one to ask what they thought of it. Um, so, uh, yeah, let's, let's head back to the terraces and hear what the Brentford fans thought of the game after the final whistle. <laughs> Soft goals, I think, that we let in, but we looked a good team again. You know, there's a three centre-backs who haven't played together before. You can see that was a little bit rusty. Um, all playing with a goalie for the first time as well. But, you know, he was immaculate. Flecken, second half. I'd see the second goal, maybe. But, you know, his distribution and his, his catching and he's dominating the area. He was good. Going forward, we looked good. A couple of chances. Shardin needs one to bounce off his arse and go in and get him up and running. But we're a good team. We're a good squad. Um, and, yeah, it bodes well for the season, I think, they Really happy with the goalkeeper. Clear replacement for David Rare. No worries on that that score. We missed Ben Mee today. We did miss Ben Mee. They were coming through the centre too much. Their two goals, I think, were caused by Ayer and Pinnock not really knowing quite what they were up to and doing. I'm, I'm OK with it. You know, we've, we've watched some decent football on a nice afternoon and we've got Fulham, Fulham next week. Onward and upward. That's all we can do. But uh, yeah, no, I thought I thought it was a decent performance. Uh, it's quite an interesting back three because we had um, Aya playing on the left, which is quite interesting because I think we wanted to play Pinnock in the middle, so we we're playing a right footer on the left, which is a bit odd. And when Zanka came on and replaced him, we did the same. So that was quite interesting. I think it's because we we trust Pinnock more, but I think it was just a decent setup. Um, the, the front two looked decent. Um, but I think we, their, their second goal was more of a matter of just letting them play across our 18-yard box uh, too, too often and they just like whacked it in. But yeah, I think good performances throughout. 2-2, two, two, fair result in the end, I think. If anyone had any questions about the goalkeeper, Flecken, I think they should be uh, resolved now because he made a couple of key saves, made one with his feet to Son, one a bit later from a header. Nothing flashy, but he was in the right place, positioned himself well and his distribution was excellent. Negatives were, I think, sometimes we invited Tottenham onto us 
by very, very short uh, goal kicks and letting them come at us, then giving the ball away. But overall, the positives by far outweigh the negatives. Yeah, I was pretty happy. I was expecting us to go with a 4-3-3, went with a 5 at the back instead. But I felt like both of the wing-backs were really good today, especially Hickey. Going forward is, I think, one of the best games I've seen him go in. Uh, Rico exceeded his usually excellent standards. Uh, otherwise, I felt like we played pretty well. I think Flecken, uh, his distribution was amazing today. A bit shaky the first half at the back, especially with the short passes. Uh, that's where we invited a lot of pressure onto ourselves and conceded the two goals. But overall, can't complain too much, really. So Tottenham will be thinking, oh, we should be a top four, five, six team. And today they've gone toe to toe with a team that is their equal, absolutely equal. In there was well, no department we were out, we were, we were out of our depth. So there you have it. That's what the Brentford fans thought after the match. Um, pretty, it's, it's, it's pretty much off, off the same hymn sheet, to be honest with you. I think you know there, there was there was not many people in there that thought we you know um, deserved to not win that game. I, I, I honestly thought that. Uh, if if we had approached injury time in the first half slightly differently, um, then you know it, it did seem inevitable that we would we would concede. It just it just felt like it. Or maybe it's like muscle memory. Maybe you've seen <laughs> you've seen you've seen things seen so many games. You just know how things are going to pan out. I, I don't know whether we are actually in a matrix or not, but it, it just seemed it seemed like I'd been here before. I knew what was about to happen, and and so it and so it proved to be. Um, so yeah, we'll, we 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 learn from it. We, as I said, we've got a point under the un, under the belts, and we and we go to Fulham um, and looking forward to probably. And well, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say what I thought because we'll get to that bit later on. Um, another bit of really big news this week is that the David Raya loan, stroke purchase, stroke contract extension, stroke whatever, um, stroke FFP circumnavigation for Arsenal has been clarified, stroke, signed, um, and David Ray's granddad's got a, a shirt from M- Mikel Arteta, which made everyone cry, but we obviously couldn't give a monkey's about any of that. So it looks like David Ray's got his dream move. Um, Phil Giles went onto the, the Brentford website um, and explained the, the deal, or tried to explain the deal. Um, it's, it's pretty much as we explained on the besotted podcast last week uh it, it's 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 an arrangement that that suits both parties uh arsenal get a get a player in that they want they've wanted for a couple of years they don't have to breach or get close to their ffp this transfer window and if they do get any um uh, big transfer money in then they'll buy in um uh He's, ex- he's extended his contract for two years uh, at Brentford, so we've got an extra year if it did go horribly pear-shaped. But as the director of football, Phil Giles, explained, um, I'm paraphrasing, basically he said, I don't expect to ever see him back at Brentford in a Brentford shirt. So it seems to, it seems to me that, you know, it, although it's a bit of a weird one, it's not clean and, and cut and dried as, as we all hoped, but we're seeing that more and more in football where um, 
transfers and contracts are, are kind of being this 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 imagination being applied to these deals so um the the, the money's coming in, in in different tax years and um the depreciation I, i'm not going to go into all of that now but basically david ray has gone to arsenal and we we probably never see him back is that is that a line in the sand to you damon or do you are you still confused by this um, no, it's definitely lying in the sand. I think, I think it took us all by surprise as the structure of the deal, but now, now we sort of understand the, re- the reasons behind it. It's kind of it makes sense, um, and yeah, like you say, I don't think we'll, we'll see him back at Brentford, um, but it, it's it's good sort of um, it's good precaution from Brentford to, to protect our asset, you know, in case in case something does go wrong. Um, so you know we've got that protection in place. So so yeah, I think that's that basically. How about you, Al? Uh, the only thing I'm confused about is whether or not he should be doing a thank you post on social media to Brentford. <laughs> um, I, you know, we all know he's pretty, certainly 99% gone, but he's just signed a new contract, so can you actually put a thank you post out when you've not, when you've just signed a new contract? It's a bit of a weird one, isn't it, from that point of view? But, I mean, yeah, like Damon says, it's, it's pretty much a line in the sand. And uh, I'm sure when it's done and dusted and he, whatever, however many matches it is that triggers the buy clause, I'm sure he'll do something. Well, I hope he will anyway. I hope he doesn't go down the Ericsson route. Yeah, no, it is, it is really weird. You know, it's, it's okay for us to sit here going, oh, yeah, you know, no. but until until it's been announced that we've got we've got the you know the chunks of the money it's it's, it's three million quid mm. with with another 27 to come um you know I, I guess you just have to trust the process you know and, and as i said last week to to start questioning the the the, the you know the, the sanity of the of, of the of the of the sort of arrangement is to give a big disservice to the people that have been doing us so you know serving us so brilliantly for the last 10 years so uh you know i'm i'm, I'm fully expecting um it to be as has been explained by phil giles some someone else that there is a slight question mark over and this this one is equally as odd is um sergi canos there's there's been rumours and talk on a, a Valencia website and um, some noises coming out of Valencia itself that Sergi Canos is willing to help fund up to 250,000 euros, his own deal to uh, to leave Brentford and, and go to his dream club, Valencia, who's supported since a kid. Apparently he's turned down um, deals and, and more money from, from both Anderlecht and from Nottingham Forest. Um, and they've they've kind of um, well, he's held out for just Valencia. He wants to go there, although Valencia don't seem to be willing to pay any money for him. It's it's all a bit strange, Al. Yeah, it is a bit strange. I'm, well, like I was thinking about this earlier today because there's been quite a lot of bits swelling around on social media and everything. I, I think, I, I think a lot of this. You have to go. I think you have to go back to the law. He lost his mother very. He lost his mum. He was very close to very suddenly um, last year. And I, I, to be honest, I think he and his sister just want to go back to Spain as a result, and he just wants to make that happen. And um, I don't think he's covered himself. We know he hasn't covered himself with glory over all of this. Um, he shouldn't have said some of the things he said. He shouldn't have said some of the things he's done. But do you know what? Grief makes people do strange things, and I'm, I'm going to cut him some slack. That's where I think it's coming from. I think that's. You know, if everything in his life was in inverted commas normal, um, I don't think this whole, you know, 
saga that we're seeing at the moment with Valencia might be playing out in quite the same way. That my, I have no actual inside information or you know any knowledge of exactly what's going on, but my hunch is that that has quite a large part to do with it. Hey, man, what do you think? He's gone a bit quiet. Okay, um, well, I, I I agree that you know it's just a, it's just a real shame that it, it it seems to be ending like this. I, I do I do think Brentford would would have been naive not to have triggered the the, the extension. He's a player clearly got worth. Um, he's got value. Um, it, it, it's it's kind of it it would be just a bit where well, it would be. I mean, you just would you don't give players with who are as good as him away for nothing if if you can get something you know you'd be you know we, we, it's important that we're always self-sustainable and whether it's 250,000 half a million or a million you know that they're not they're not it's not money to be to be scoffed at you know all that you can say we've just got 30 in for a goalkeeper to, to lose one of them on 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 Sergi to help him move um I, I I just don't I just don't I don't see it that way you know, and it, and it seems like I, you know, I think Brentford will will help will help him get to a right solution. But it just seems that Valencia, do they actually want him? You know, like because yeah. if he if he was if he was of value, I mean, obviously they're not going to turn him down for free because he's he's a good player. But if they're not prepared to pay anything for him, it does question how much they actually just genuinely want him. And I and I'm not. That's not a snide dig, you know. You know, I, I wish him all the best, and I hear what you say, Ali. You know, it's it's important that you know he he he's happy. He's a happy boy because he's gone through a fair amount in the last year um, with injuries, and you know, obviously losing his mum and the insecurity of the contract coming to an end and wanting to move on and just not it not happening. So you know, yeah, you, you do kind of like hope his mental well-being and all that is is strong. So I, I want I want it I want this situation to end in a good way. Are you back with us, Damon? I am. I yeah. Am. So what, what do you think of the surgery situation? Yeah, I mean, it's just unfortunate it's dragged on for so long because you know he, he's obviously a, a legend for what he did. It's, you know, he'll always be remembered for that for that opening goal in the Premier League on that first night against Arsenal, but. Clearly, you know, he wants to play. It sounds like he he wants to be closer to his family in Spain. Um, I wonder if it's the the owner of Valencia that's just, you know, being tight about the situation. I, I think probably the, the the head coach there probably wants wants Sergi, but the owner doesn't want to pay for him, so he's he's kind of trying to <laughs> trying to, to to make the deal happen uh, by other means. And uh, you know, obviously Sergi's desperate to go and. Well, well, we'll see. I guess we'll find out in the in the coming days whether whether this this goes through. Yeah, I mean, let's let's raise our glasses as a thank you to him. But um, you know, it, it need it needs to be you know resolved um, with with everyone. I mean, it's just it's that's the way business and that's the way football works. You know, um, so yeah, let's just hopefully he does get his dream move to Valencia. I maybe. think I I also think Dave. I think it's I think it's quite important that I want to remember Sergi. For that goal at Reading, for you know his hat trick at Cardiff, for scoring our first goal in the Premier League. Picture the scene: all of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. I really don't want to remember him for the 
the mess of the last year that he's rather made on social media. So I, I just hope it's done as quickly and cleanly as possible. And we can, you know, I, I want to remember players for, you know, for what they've done for us rather than how it ended. You know, and it, you know it's difficult after a situation like this. With, you know, same with Ericsson. I want to remember watching him and what a joy it was to watch him. But it's difficult because of the nature of his exit. So I hope this... You know, Sergi somehow manages to turn us around a bit, and so it's better managed that we can remember him for the player he was for us. Yeah, that's, that's a that's a brilliant point um, to be to to remember someone for what they did for you as as a, as a as a football club. And, and another example of that is uh, the news that um, Matthew Benham has sold FC Mitterland yesterday. Um, and another person who has transformed a football club. And I I'm reading the comments. Um, of, of the Mitterland fans and the press about what Benham has, has achieved for, for the Danish club. He's taken them from basically nothing, you know, minnows to um, winning the, the, the Super League title three times, taking them to, you know, Europa Leagues and, and Champions League qualification. Um, he's, 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 tr he's, he's turned them into one of the Danish huge clubs or the big clubs there. Um, and he's he's sold out to uh, to one of the richest men or the richest man in Denmark, so um, is a is a he's, you know, he's left a, a real a real legacy. There's a guy called Anders Hovlesen, who um, he's who's like uh, as I said like the biggest biggest businessman in Denmark, um, and he's taken over the 95% of the club's shares, um, and Benham's kind of explained it in Benham's way you know he's been really open he's kind of he's it's not hidden that he's you know he's used Mitterland as a as a sounding board as an experiment to see what works what can be achieved and then he's kind of implemented that at Brentford um obviously there's there's alarm bells going off is Matthew Benham getting out of football is this is he selling everything up I I, I don't who knows what goes through Matt's mind? Um, you know, it, 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 I, I don't. I, I wouldn't think that because you know, um, you know, Smart Odds is, is still providing the data for for Mitterland, um from from the state from the from the press release that came out yesterday, um, and you know, it's uh, football is is Matt's bread and butter. You know, this this is what he does, and um, his data, his proprietary data something that gives him a huge advantage in, in, in scouting players, identifying players um, and his analysts and his strategists kind of kind of implement all that in, in the actual real world of football. So uh, I, you know, he, he's a Brentford fan at the end of the day and, you know, I'm sure there's a there's a price you know we, we, we talk, we've talked off air you know, we've talked, we've talked on, on, um, on WhatsApp what Brentford is now worth as a football club and guesstimates written out on the back of a fag packet we're saying it could be worth anywhere between 750 million and 1.5 billion pounds you know of course if someone comes in with that anyone's going to kind of sit up and and kind of go right is it time to sell um but you know the work here is not done i hope and you know the the the, the, the dream i'm sure or the, the not the dream you won't see it as a dream but the the long-term business um uh, view is to get brentford into europe um to do to get brentford 
for competing where Brighton are. They've got a head start on us. Uh, and, you know, Tony Bloom is, is one of Benham's long-term business partners, partners stroke, um, sworn enemies now. So yeah, I'm sure there's some beef between the two and um, they'll, they'll want to they'll, they'll wanna be like making sure that they're the ones that are above one another in the, in the, in the Premiership and in, in Europe. What, what, have you, what have you made of this, Damien, this week? Is it, is it something that's got your alarm bells ringing or are you, you know, you're pleased no. that he's got all his eggs in one basket for a change? Um, I'm, I'm not worried. I think, um, I think the Michelin project has, has kind of run its course. He's, he's, he's used it very well and he's obviously it's benefited them as well. And they, you know, they've, they've won their first Danish league title in their history, which is fantastic. He's left them in a very good state. And I think now um, he wants to focus on other, on other initiatives and um, yeah, I don't think he's going anywhere. I think, like you say, that rivalry with Tony Bloom is, is one thing. But also, you know, he's worked so hard to get us to where we are now. I'm sure he believes that he can take us further still. Um, and, and, I, and I don't doubt that at all. Ali, have you been writing letters? Of, Please don't go, Matt. <laughs> no, I haven't. I mean, I pretty much agree with everything that David has just said there, actually. Um, the only thing I would add is I'm sure, like any anybody else, I'm sure Matthew has, has his price. And if somebody does come in and offer silly money, would you blame him if he took it? I don't think I would, to be honest. Um, but I, I can't see it happening. I can't see him walking away at this point. You watch, you watch Ted Lasso, don't you, Al? Yes. I mean, you know, the, the Richmond Greyhounds, there was a five, five, yeah. billion, five billion came, came in. So she, and she, we're better she, than them. She wouldn't, <laughs> she, she wouldn't sell. She wouldn't sell. So no. this, the game's not quite gone. Is it? No, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. I can't see it happening at the moment anyway. <laughs> no, I, I got. I'm, I'm not losing sleep over that one either. But, There's uh, a lot of yeah. Saudi money swashing about, though. So uh, you know, beware. <laughs> mm. uh, yeah, let's, let's let's you know, it's it's possible, but it's unlikely. You know, I, yeah. I, I don't I don't see I don't see our owner being swayed by that. But if you know, <laughs> I'd, that's a whole I'd, other conversation. Isn't yeah, we we worry we worry about that another day. Indeed. But, uh, yeah, you know, um, yeah. So let's let's take a break here. Let's let's go to uh, let's go and have a chat with Jonathan Birchall. JB is back for another year. You know, he's, got, he's he's not he's not funked out and he's not facted out. Thank God. There's more facts and there's more funk in his locker, and um, he's going to give us the first week of the football season back some funk. Take it away, JB. <laughs> Jonathan Birchall back again for the club's 135th season. Saturday saw our opening league fixture coming just 76 days since we did the double over last season's treble winners. We started our Premier League season 3 in typical fashion, unbeaten and scoring a couple of goals. Which has been the outcome in all bar one of our opening fixtures in our 10 top tier seasons. TV company seems to expect our matches with Spurs to provide good entertainment, as all five of our Premier League fixtures have been shown live. Even if Saturday was without the combined 50 league goals of last season from Harry Kane with 30 and Ivan Tony 20. It was all changing goal with David Rare in the departure lounge. In his Brentford career he played 150 league games, conceding 147 goals. 
which is averaging less than a goal a game. A record no other bees keeper, playing over 75 games, has achieved in our history. Therefore, he will be the hardest act to follow. And the stats show that Mark Flecken was always unlikely to keep a clean sheet. In the last 50 seasons, we've had 48 debutants between the sticks, back to Paddy Roach. But just 13 have managed to keep out the opposition on their first league appearance. Now it's on to our local derby with Fulham, this time being played just three miles down the river, as opposed to the last game a month ago, three and a half thousand miles away in Philadelphia. So we've got a massive, massive game to look forward to at the weekend. And I'm not talking about the Fulham one, not quite yet. I'm talking about the England Lionesses, who did an incredible job today to get past Australia. All the stadium was against them. The vibe seemed to be after the game they played at the, the Brentford Community Stadium earlier in the year in that horrendously cold, rainy night where, where the, the Matildas, I love the name of the Matildas, they, they, they beat England that night. Uh, but today proved that they weren't there just for the taking part. They had the quality and they had the belief to dig deep and to win through a semi-final. Semi-finals, uh, and again, I'm not doing the lazy cliche, you can't compare, the, you, can't, you can't tarnish the, the England women's uh, performances with the England men's dismal failings of the last 70, you know, 60 years or whatever it is, since 66. You know, it, it, they, they, they're, they're not, they're not, they're completely, completely separate. But what, what, the England women achieved today was was truly special, Ali, and you're still buzzing from it. Oh yeah, I think it was. Um, first of all, I think it was it was a it was a really good game of football. It was a, a massive ding dong game of football. Which really, all all the goals were, were great goals. Really, I think uh, Toon's hit in the first half to put England in front was quite a hit, and then I think Sam Kerr equalised with one, which was sort of, well as you know Sam Kerr all over ran the length of the pitch and then whacked it in from about twenty five yards. Um, and uh, Russo's for the third was was superb. Um, I think, I don't think, I think going into this tournament, I think a lot of people, myself included, didn't expect England to probably get to the final because with all the injuries we've had, um, and then we had Lauren James obviously got herself suspended, and it's it's almost felt like everything's been against England going into this world, going into and during this World Cup, and. You know, they've just got that monster winning mentality and you know, I think winning the Euros has given them that and they just keep going on and they've got to the final. And, you know, what is fantastic to see, you know, even over the last four years from France, the France World Cup is that the stadiums are awful. The stadiums are awful. And, you know, it's leading every single news bulletin. Five Live is talking about this afternoon, this evening. Nothing except the Lionesses. It is women's football at an international and professional level has gone from the public consciousness from being barely there to like leading all the news bulletins and everything to everybody talking about it and i think it's fantastic for the women's game and just really really hope again that the fa grasp this opportunity to make sure it goes all the way down to grassroots and we really invest in the enthusiasm that we're going to continue to get through grassroots. But yeah, what a, what a performance, what a game, great advert for women's football. Um, and I cannot wait for Sunday. I hope to organise some sort of watch party to go and do it, given that we can't quite get to Australia. <laughs> um, but yeah, and come on the Lionesses. Damien, are you getting up early from face painting and all that? 
It's oh, not that early. <laughs> well, no, he, yeah. is. he doesn't. He doesn't get up till two in the afternoon. <laughs> Hang on, I've got young kids. I do. I get up at about six, even on a Sunday. So yeah, no, I'll be up. My kids will have their face painted, faces painted. No, really looking forward to it. I think it was fantastic to then, especially as you said, in such a hostile environment. You know, with with so many. You know, obviously the vast majority of the crowd were, were behind the Matildas. Um, to do it, you know, there and and and, uh, and get the result um, is is just amazing, and um, and and just to keep that profile right up there for women's football and, Eng- and the English women's football, especially on the back of last summer's achievement. So, no, great stuff. And for and for women's football in Australia, I mean, you know, they've sold more jerseys for the women for the Matildas in this World Cup than they have ever for the for the Socceroos. So. You know, like it's not a, you know it's not a competition, but sort of like the the game in Australia has gone, you know, through the roof. It, it's fantastic to see women's football doing so well. No, it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. And um, as uh, as I kind of alluded to, the, uh, you know, the intro to this section, you know, it, it's it's one of two really big games this weekend, and we, we'll move on to the to the Fulham match, which. We've we played them fairly recently, and we 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 you know we had two cracking games against them last season. Although one of them I don't think we deserve to lose, and the other one we certainly deserve to win. They both finished three two, and the game in Philadelphia weirdly finished three two. And are we going to get another three two this weekend, Al? Uh, quite possibly, quite possibly. I mean, I think you've got. I don't know what what is the latest on the Mitrovic situation. I think he's gone again, isn't he? Today is he gone again? Today from he's gone. I, he's back. What, he's gone. From what I hear, from what I hear, the Saudi club have come back in for him, um, and yeah, they're, they're they're serious. They want him. He he wants to go. He had, he obviously mm. he, he famously said, "I'll never play for Fulham again," but then did. Um, but you know, you, you have to manage these situations, I guess. Because if it does fall through, then he's still contracted to to. to you know, to stay with the River Rats, and you know he he he'll, he has to kind of he's managing a legacy as well. He's he's clearly a, a huge crowd favourite of Fulham, and you know he he doesn't want that end to want, doesn't want that to end. Um, you know, kind of rearing up in his face, but it's it's clearly you know he's going to be offered massive money to go to Riyadh or wherever and um you know he'll, he'll fit, feather his nest for the rest of his life uh what what's, what's your thoughts ahead of the, the what you know let's let's not let um a philadelphia friendly kind of dilute what is uh, an actual fierce west london um derby match well, i was there in philly there was no Fulham fans there I saw as such there was there was you know there was Brentford fans and I but I was around them there was obviously clearly no derby day vibe going on it was you know it was you know that was surreal as it as it were you know drinking 20 20 dollar tins of beer in a stadium and um teaching them the Michael Jackson's uh you know, I won't even say it. Um, so teach, teaching them some rather raucous, un, un, un PC songs about um, building shrines to Michael Jackson. Um, so it, it was, it was a, it was a really good day. But this weekend is is the is the real thing. This 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 isn't uh, this isn't an Americanized kind of like uh, Hollywood version of a, of a London derby. This is this is the real deal. You you are you buzzing for this, Al? Yeah, always, always buzzing. Derby games are always that sort of like thing where you're buzzing for it, but you 
also approach it with trepidation because if you win, it's the best feeling ever. And if you don't win, it's like makes you really bloody miserable, doesn't it? It's always the worst game to lose. Um, I, th- I think it'll probably be a cracking match, actually. You know, uh, I, I think Fulham are fair play to them. They're so much more than, than Mitrovic. Um, and they've shown that before. I, I think it could be a cracking game again, actually. Um, I I have us to come out just on top. I really do. I think there'll be goals in it. Um, but I I've, I think we might. I I think. Hold your prediction just, right there. Don't give us your prediction quite oh, yet. Okay. No, no. <laughs> we'll we'll we're gonna get yeah. get. I'm gonna ask Dane. The we walked away from Craven Cottage a bit downhearted last last time. I I felt hard done by. I don't think we deserve to lose that game. Uh-huh. Mitrovic, Fatrovic, whatever you call him, he 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 came up right in the last minute with that header. Um, we almost like we almost asked for that. It was it was a poor clearance and a, you know we just we just didn't deal with it. We got back in it and. Blah blah blah. I mean, I'm, I'm going to go for it all over again. I've said it the last last year. It was the it was the game that I I just certainly didn't think we deserved. How did you feel after the the game last year, Damien? Yeah, same same as you, Dave. I mean, um, as we know, Brentford don't generally do draws, and uh, I think we sort of went for it, didn't we, in that last ten minutes? And Ivan, I think Ivan Tony had a goal disallowed, if I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and and yeah, I mean, it was just just yeah, slight lacks defending towards the end that, that sort of um, that, that allowed them to pick us off but uh, no look it was it, it was disappointing but you know that will be fresh in the mind still I'm sure for, for the players that are still around and uh, and that will be motivation for for Saturday I agree right before predictions I'm going to head over to Dan Crawford from the Fulham Green Pole podcast he's going to tell us what's going down at the moment at Craven Cottage and the vibe in the camp. They got their season off to a really positive start. They got a 1-0 win away at Goodison. They beat Everton. It sounds like they got away with murder up there. Neil Morpay missed about five or six really good chances. Once a B. Once a B, always a B, yeah. However, let's listen to Dan. Then we'll come back with our own predictions. Hello everybody, I'm Dan Crawford from HammyN.com and our Green Pole podcast. Delighted to be talking to you about uh, Fulham ahead of the derby on Saturday. Um, our last podcast was actually with Billy uh, speaking about the game, but before that we've uh, interviewed some Fulham players and covered the pre-season in depth, uh, doing some features with our American fans on the summer series that uh, Brentford were also involved in our hammy end website has been going for 20 years now this year covering all the craziness uh, at craven cottage and we're hoping to do 20 years more although my hairline uh, probably won't last that long uh, so i'm going to run through some of these topics ahead of the derby on saturday uh, last season was fantastic for fulham exceeded our expectations as you know going up down up down up down from the Championship to the Premier League was pretty monotonous and frustrating for Fulham fans. Uh, Marco Silva's really made the difference. He not only uh, encouraged Fulham to attack the opposition, which was a real relief after the Scott Parker era, um, but he built a side that was able to do that and still keep the opposition at bay, brought in some some really good signings, mainly João Polinia. Uh, last summer, who's the linchpin of Fulham's midfield, but also coaxed some 
fantastic performances out of people who, frankly, we thought were past it, like William last season, Tim Ream, uh, well into his 30s and did well enough to go to the United States, uh, sorry, to go to the World Cup with the United States last winter, um, having had a fantastic season. And of course, uh, we scored plenty of goals and weren't just relying on Alexander Mitrovic. More about that later. Marks out of 10, it has to be at least a nine, maybe even a 10, because finishing in the top half and beating Chelsea was uh, quite something. Not at all what we or even the pundits expected. Uh, Pre-season, we've been a bit disappointed with the lack of incomings. We thought this summer was a real opportunity to build on the success of last season. Uh, It hasn't really happened yet. Just three summer signings for the senior side. Uh, Adama Traore, the last of them, a free transfer on Saturday evening. But before that, Calvin Bassey coming in from Ajax's defensive cover. And Raul Jimenez coming in from Wolves for £5.5 million to add some Premier League pedigree to the front line. And plenty of uncertainty, not only about uh, Mitrovic, who's still being pursued by several teams from Saudi Arabia, but also William and Marco Silva himself, who's rejected approaches from other Premier League clubs and uh, several teams in Saudi Arabia and still only has a year left on his contract. He's refused to sign a new one until he sees what the board are giving him uh, in terms of acquisitions over the summer. So a bit of uncertainty. The pre-season in America was good though. Competitive games, we obviously played Brentford and I don't need to tell you about that, but we played Aston Villa and Chelsea as well. A good experience for the side and we rounded off pre-season with a 2-1 win at Craven Cottage over Hoffenheim. There's still some concern that the squad is a bit threadbare for going toe-to-toe with everyone else in the top flight. Um, But we're delighted with Marco Silva. He got us up from the championship playing arguably the best football since Sean Tagana's team stormed to the first division title in the early 2000s um, and then established ourselves well clear of the relegation zone by really attacking the top flight in a way that nobody was quite expecting to be as successful as it was. Silva's also challenged the, the Fulham hierarchy to invest and, uh, and build on the team and he's got a very close connection with a number of his players uh, and the squad. There's a bit of um, uh, Fulham history there with Luis Balmorte amongst his coaching staff and he's built a, a really strong bond with the fans so it would have been really disappointing had he left earlier this summer. Um, the squad, as I've already mentioned, Looks a bit short on numbers. We've got a number of promising young players, the likes of Luke Harris, uh, Luke de Fugerol and Jay Stansfield really making an impression over the summer, but it's probably a bit too early to rely on them. We've uh, had brilliant performances from players who were sort of on the fringes of the first team. Previously, I've mentioned Tim Ream. Bobby Dekwadovary got the winning goal at Everton on Saturday. He's a sort of versatile player who'll play anywhere for us and does really well but eventually a lack of proven Premier League quality will catch up with you. Um, Mitrovic has obviously been the subject of serious speculation that has peaked again in the last 24 hours. We'd dearly love to hold him because 
he's an outstanding uh, forward, not just in terms of scoring goals, but bringing other people into play. And the uncertainty he's really wearing, to be honest. Um, so we'd hope to, to do well. Nobody could really do better after last season. There are a couple of um, sort of Devwood at the, at the fringes of the squad that we'd like to get rid of um, before September. But I'm sure every uh, Premier League team has a few of those. Um, the Brentford game has always been a, a one I really look forward to ever since I was a child. And uh, Brentford were a couple of divisions above us with the likes of Nicky Forster um, and so on, really pushing to, to get into sort of what would have been the old first division. Um, I'm a West London boy myself. I live in Acton, so have a lot of neighbours who are Brentford and QPR. So those derbies are really well contested and I've been really impressed with Brentford and their rise through the divisions, um, masterminded by Matthew Benham, of course, but with no uh, shortage of footballing now. So they've really shown how to build a, a football club and uh, a football team on the field, as well as being an outstanding community club. Um, in recent years. You've got some excellent players, even if you'll be without Ivan Tony for a while. Uh, looking forward to see how Kevin Chardé goes in the in the Premier League. Ben Mee and, and Nathan Collins at the back. Norgard and Damsgaard in midfield. Real technicians of, of high quality. And uh, Wiss has been really impressive since he's come into the team. So there's plenty of potential players to strike fear into uh, Fulham Hearts this weekend, as you have done quite regularly at Craven Cottage in, in recent years. It's been a happy hunting ground for Brentford. We'd really like to uh, put paid to that. Um, in terms of the game itself, I'm always nervous about it on account of that recent record. Um, we did get the better of Brentford barely in the first game of last season at Craven Cottage, thanks to uh, Mitrovic's very late header. Although I thought Brentford did really well to come back into that game and could very easily have nicked it. You turned the tables at um, in the in the second fixture of the season. Fulham slightly below par. Brentford um, putting on, on on a good display, but plenty of goals. And I can see that happening again this weekend because we're not as solid defensively as we we might like. Um, I'll go for a 2-2 draw because I can see it being a very open affair. And I think, if we were honest, both of us would take a point, even if we want the bragging rights. Um, very pleased to have the opportunity to discuss this with you. Uh, hope you uh, enjoy the, the podcast and the game on Saturday, although not too much. Take care, lads, and speak to you soon. Thanks, Dan, for giving us the lowdown on the River Rats. Um, we will be heading over to, well, over to what? Over upstream a little bit, three miles up the road um, for the, you know, what, what is one of the biggest clashes of the season from, from historical terms. Uh, uh, there's plenty of pubs. Not all of them will let Brentford fans in. There's a few that we know of that we'll, we'll be heading towards. It's a couple that um, that are away fan friendly. It's a weird one, but um, you know, if we do get a positive result, then if we roll it. We'll, we'll be eating our quiche and our Victoria sponges in the park after the game, that's for sure. I think that's what we do. So let's go around the table now and work out where we think the game is going to finish. Ali, what's your, what's your score prediction? Oh, uh, I am going to say 
two, one to the Super Bees. Like it. DF? I'm going to go 2-0, Bees. Ooh. I'm going to go 3-2 Brentford. I think this 3-2 thing is going to happen for a while. I think, I think you're right, Al. I think there's goals in this one. But, uh, yeah, so we've, we've, got a, we've got a unanimous everyone thinks we're winners. So, uh, yeah, we'll I, probably lose. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll, we'll see. Uh, I, yeah, I'll, rule, I'll rule nothing out. I'll rule nothing out. But, uh, yeah, anyway, thanks, thanks for coming on, Ali. Thanks for coming on, Damon. I hope you've uh, enjoyed your visit onto the virtual joint tonight um so we'll have to get together on saturday and uh, have an actual beer um billy's over in the states again um he's on a family holiday this time so he's away for a couple of weeks um i'll be hosting every week until his return and probably after that as well um the podcast will be with you straight after the game whether we win lose or draw at craven cottage don't forget to buy besotted a beer at besotted.com forward slash beer um you're welcome to join our besotted global um which voted rico henry as their man of the match it was the most one-sided man of the match there's ever <laughs> been it was 96 something wow. percent which wow. it was basically everyone said Rico and, and then there was one one person that probably said Flecken and another person that said Brian and Boomer I don't know but um yeah so well well done to Rico it's uh, it's a brilliant start to the season let's hope that continues away at Craven College so all that's left for me to say is come on you, you breeze go on you breeze go on Brentford Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.